0: everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the couch bro tato I'm Alex Morrison and this week we're gonna be diving into probably another multi-parter because the last oh, multi, yeah. the last multi-parter we did uh, we actually kind of abandoned
1: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's hard to watch <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's a great show but running it down season to season was proving to be a little bit more difficult it's than not we meant expected. to be binged <laughs> yeah so uh if, if we get enough people bitching in the discord we'll we'll dive back into uh, always sunny yeah. but i think it's best if we just kind of leave that one as is yeah. but new ongoing series and this also <laughs> birthed out of a couple failed episodes so mm. we've won it so. You know, Look at the cover art for this show, whether it be before you know, the new artwork. Thanks, David Hammer, for the new updated graphic with Morrison now joining me on the couch. As it was always, the couch potatoes with Chris Morrison, but the photo was me and Cap. <laughs> so it was like, now we've finally gotten it updated. Morrison's on the front page of the artwork yeah. now. But through that, it's, it's definitely an homage to Beavis and Butthead. But if you look through the back catalog we have never done an episode of Beavis and Butthead. Nope. We've done it. We did the whole retrospective on King of the Hill. Oh yeah. So we've definitely done Mike judge material, but we have not done any episode dedicated to Beavis and Butthead. And we, at one point, maybe about a year ago, we were like, fuck it. We'll do a watch along to Beavis and Butthead do America. I was like, I don't know how much we could talk about the original series that haven't been discussed already. And, running down the movie you know eh, I think it'd be funnier to do it as a watch along so we yeah. could like react and we got maybe what 15 minutes into the movie and then realized it had ads yeah. which threw off the entire recording session because yeah. the whole stick is like you find it on a streaming service and you watch along with us yeah. well with fucking ads there was no way we were going to be able to work around that so we
1: abandoned I think it would be the funnier if, if, the ads, if you if you knew the ads weren't targeted and there were set ads we could have just crashed, oh yeah taught shit, shit over the ads, ads. yes
0: <laughs> yeah th- actually that would be funny if those ads were just baked in and like you said they weren't targeted specifically mm-hmm. to each user that would be yeah. great be able to, hmm yeah I have to figure out something on that yeah that that that's an interesting idea yeah but either way um Instead of trying to go back and being like, okay, well, let's talk about Do America again, figured we'd actually take the beginning of this episode, kind of talk about maybe our introduction to learning about beavis and butthead Mm -hmm. and how we felt about the revival and then we'll talk about their first special beavis and butthead do the universe Mm -hmm. and um kind of roll from there because i think we could actually probably do another episode on this uh breaking down the new season of course which came out so all of this comes through uh paramount plus uh it's part of their kind of big revival series paramount kind of has their hands in a lot of the different things, like is it Paramount part of like Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, something like that? So I think it's
1: Nickelodeon. Yeah. So Paramount now encompasses Comedy Central, Nickelodeon. Uh, it is it, Paramount is actually the original UPN network. That's what that's what UPN was, United Paramount Network. Uh, but it now encompasses uh, BET, Comedy Central, the Paramount channel that was franchised out with cable packages uh parts of tbs parts of tnt the turner returner franchise um a lot of your if you remember channels 32 45 basic cable package uh so a lot of that stuff got filtered into it uh your mtv has been a big part of it because it's part of Comedy Central as well. So They've really kind of carved out a niche for themselves in the streaming wars.
0: And they've also been doing, like you said, a bunch of, well, as I mentioned, a bunch of revivals and Mm -hmm. also a bunch of like pushing of classic material because they're the ones that have been really helping push out those new South Park
1: specials and and everything South Park is doing. And what really pushed them out of the head was uh, CBS because CBS Network, the streaming service, had kind of Collapsed in and on itself mm-hmm. uh, because of all the deals they did with DirecTV, where you would have access to CBS through DirecTV. And so CBS realized they weren't making any money. So they ended up selling a lot of their content to Paramount. So CBA, CBS All Access, I don't know if you remember that one. That was oh, yeah. Strip, but now that CBS All Access is now part of Paramount. What you watch, Star Trek? Ah,
0: okay, got <sighs> Which it. Which is my jam. Um,
1: yeah, I was actually doing. I didn't
0: have. A, I made a bunch of notes for this episode, but I actually did not make any notes on um, all the different reboots and revivals that Paramount Plus has been kind of pushing out. The first thing I saw was an article, uh, literally saying that they were leaning on. Yeah, it's it's a Paramount Plus leans heavy on reboots and spinoffs for streaming service slate. But this was also dated February 2021, Mm. so it's a little old. But at the same time, you definitely kind of get that vibe with it. Yeah, with CBS is like or uh, Paramount Plus rather is that they're doing a whole lot of the spinoffs, a whole lot of the reboots. Oh, specifically, okay, this is what was really making me think on it, too. They're the ones that did the live-action Dora the Explorer. Mm-hmm. They're really uh, spinning off a ton of fucking um, Spongebob stuff. Rugrats yeah. made a reboot. They were starting to do a whole bunch of the Star Trek stuff. Um, they were even rebooting shit like Ink Master, something that mm-hmm. should have died. Well, that's, that's because Paramount <laughs> owned, owned Spike TV. Yeah. Uh, Frazier. Yeah, uh, they're rebooting Greece. Um, I'm just kind of scrolling through. No. Oh yeah, Reno 911. They rebooted that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with oh and Workaholics. So
1: did you ever watch that? No, I didn't. It is fantastic first season. Everything else is shit. So with all that though, you get, and with all the other kind
0: of reboots and extensions outside of Paramount Plus, you see a revival of Beavis and Butthead yeah and for me personally when I heard that I was pretty weary mm. because this this will kind of dig into what I first learned about them when I first heard about them seriously like I had always it feels like there was never a part of my life where I wasn't aware of who the characters were yeah but my first real exposure to it came at the perfect time I had just really started getting into harder rock stuff like I was liking Kiss um Ozzy Osbourne Black Sabbath you know I was starting to really get into the good rock and roll heavy metal and right at that time MTV2 started running all of the marathons yeah. cuz they were putting out the Mike Judge collection volume 1 yeah. now on DVD so it's like MTV2 just had like nonstop Beavis and Butthead and they were re-airing Celebrity Deathmatch, the yep. old claymation show. So they were blasting that on repeat and it was one of, like mom didn't really dig me watching The Simpsons mm-hmm. she didn't want me watching uh, South Park but because she knew about Beavis and Butthead because mm-hmm. that came out when I was like young kid so yeah. she'd watch that, you know, like kind of send me to my room and watch it. Since she kind of knew about it That was one of the few, like, fuck you type shows she let me watch when I was younger. So the Beavis and Butthead comedy got ingrained in me pretty early on. And it's funny because that show, much like King of the Hill with me, changed meaning and got funnier in different ways as I got older. Younger, it was I was laughing along with the guys making the butt and dick jokes i'm like ha, yeah that's funny that's funny huh oh and they're doing stupid things oh yeah destruction yeah 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 but then as you grow up you're like oh this is hilarious because they're fucking idiots mm-hmm. you know you don't think about the they're idiots thing when i was like you know an early young teen you know maybe a preteen. Yeah. you don't think about them being idiots it's just oh they're funny characters yes i'm laughing at the dick and fart jokes so I don't know. When I heard they were reviving it, I was like, this feels like a place and time moment. Yeah. And when they did that rebooted season, even, I would say maybe, what, 10, 8 years ago, something? It's when uh, it has some of your favorite quotes in it, where they're, like, mocking the Jersey Shore and yeah. Teen Mom. Grandma J-Wall and Grandpa Gorilla. <laughs> I didn't really care for that season. It felt stale. It felt kind of forced. Yeah, that was like after like 2008. Yeah, and, and even Mike Judge, in my opinion, was not doing the voices very well. Mm-hmm. So when I heard this was coming up, I was cautiously optimistic. But to be honest, within five minutes of the movie, I was like, okay, give me the fucking series. I want to <laughs> see this
1: shit. Um, the first time I ever got exposed to Beavis of Butthead at all was – Celebrity Deathmatch, uh, really? Yeah, so that's when I first saw them. Uh, we I never watched them growing up. Uh, I didn't start watching them till after I was out of high school, um, so around two thousand eight, two thousand nine. But I got, I was a real big fan of Daria, and Office Space, and King of the Hill. So like these shows, I really gravitated toward because they were hilarious, and. I was also kind of surprised you liked Daria. I mean, a lot of people know about Daria, but like, that wasn't a beloved show. I, I really loved it because of her deadpan delivery is so perfect. And it's just cynical humor. You know, she's pretty much dead to the world. And there's always just like, God damn it, Daria. Be positive. And then it's just like, no. this is going to end badly. And then it ends badly. And she's like, I don't want to say I told you so, but you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> 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 but uh, I saw I've the old seasons of Beavis and Butthead. I only seen a handful of full episodes. Yeah. But when I got really into it was when I watched uh, Do America. Yeah. Do America, just because of how insane of a story it is, and the people that like Mike Judge called in some favors. Oh yeah. On the voice acting, uh, Robert Stack was at the tail end of his career career doing unsolved mysteries and that motherfucker grew up scaring kids. With- well
0: and, and he also had some clout at this point because yep. he had I think at this point when he rapped Beavis and Butthead, Office Space had been released. Mm-hmm. Possibly, I don't know. Yeah, I maybe about nineteen ninety nine. Okay, well, okay, that would have been right after then, yeah. but King of the Hill was already yeah. out, so he already has two hit shows on yeah. two separate networks. So yeah, he had a little bit of. I mean, we've already talked about with our King of the Hill episodes about what season two he like had, the, or season three is when yeah, they had like, the Country Music Festival,
1: yeah, and it was just stacked with fucking guest yeah, stars. But like even even those, even even with that, he goes from MTV, which the demographic of MTV is. Thirteen to twenty-one. Once you get on Fox at night, that that jumps an extra like two decades. Now you're from eighteen to 35 40 You know, so that's what kind of great made King of the Hill such a bigger hit was. Hey, the guy who created Beavis and Butthead and you got all these adults like growing like, Ugh, stupid <laughs> fucking high bullshit. And there's this like Tooth and Beaver. But like he made a he made a sitcom that was perfect and you know. I'll just leave it at that when it comes to that. But like Beavis and Butthead growing up was always just like trash television. Yep. Because uh, I don't know if you know anything about the the creation of MTV2 and why it was created. Was to overwhelm that sector of channels. Because before Fuse came up network, there was another network that was trying to become something. MTV just bought it. And (laughs) MTV2. And Viacom's just like, that's perfect. We can syndicate all our stuff on our own network so we don't have to pay nobody. And that was a... that was the basically creation of MTV2 VH1 did a better version when they did uh, VH1 Classics oh yeah it was able to syndicate entire volumes of collection of music videos. Oh
0: God, yes. Perfectly sectioned up. It's like here's your 80s pop hits. And then you then here's you get your nineties grunge. And here's you, your
1: seventies metal. And then you start getting into those, like just going to the networks themselves, you get into the headbanger's ball collections. You get into the documentaries, both MTV and VH1 made like heavy the story of metal. VH1 was better at it. But MTV. <laughs> but the MTV catalog was kind of stacked. Because oh, you yeah. would you would go I remember I remember on the guide uh, you would see, hey, Beavis and Butthead at 8 o'clock, Daria at 9 o'clock. You know, it'd be a double feature episodes, blah, yep. blah, blah. And it'd be stacked with... they like pimp my ride. Yeah. Yeah, pimp my ride, Room Raiders, stupid shit like that. Yeah, trash television. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and I think Beavis and Butthead kind of set the stage for that because around that same time you would have shows that you probably your mom probably watched was like The Real World. Yeah. Back well, in the I, early '90s.
0: I, she, I don't know.
1: She loved her soap operas, but she didn't really watch stuff. Those that, are fascinating. I remember she watched Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Yeah, those. Uh, I, I grew up watching soap operas with my great grandmother. Yeah, those are fascinating. That's why I was I'm the not story. calling Nine Hundred Two One Zero a soap opera. i say uh, soap yeah. operas but, in no, a soap opera. In addition to soap, what soap opera, but. Uh, <laughs> I remember watching those ones when I was a kid, and I was like General by it. Hospital. Yeah, that's a fucking soap opera. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. The, yeah. but
0: the thing is, okay, we're gonna go side main tangent. But so days of our lives. Well, so Let me tell main, you about the that. The reason <laughs> I actually didn't mind—I would watch soap operas with mom. But the reason why I didn't mind watching General Hospital is if you actually know the story. It's a mob story yeah. where it's like they literally have a connection with the hospital mm-hmm. so they can get their victims like
1: treated slash them treated off the books. Yeah. That's, that's, so that's, it's a
0: big mob slash yeah. hospital
1: story. It's fucking fascinating. It's, They're all fascinating because one involves evil twins. One oh, my, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah this, oh, yeah. I don't give a fuck how many people, older people, hate Beavis and Butthead, hate The Simpsons. Don't you ever tell me about trash TV when this bitch has had a fucking evil twin who's lived in Europe for 40 fucking years and now you're just like realizing and then she 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 black boxes you throws you in a trunk and becomes you and I'm just like grandma what happens next we're gonna have to watch it tomorrow like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so I, I think that
1: Yeah, Yeah. Summer summer Days with Chris. Fuck it, we need to do a soap operas episode where it's like specific storylines we remember remember, watching with. I remember one came out called Passions or something. It was about vampires or some shit. My grandma was fucking pissed. She's like, this is stupid. (laughs) Well, if you you guys want to hear two... Days of uh, our lives, Guide and
0: light. If you want to hear two uh, white males in their 30s discuss soap operas we remember watching with our uh, grandmothers and grandmas,
1: grandmas. (laughs) let us know in the Discord. Shit, my dad will straight up tell you. You now we just tape that shit. <laughs> it would work. That's the whole point of the VCR. <laughs> uh, but what do you think? Um, kind of heading into Beavis and Butthead do the
0: universe. Because since you said you like Do America, I had such
1: high hopes. I had a lot of high hopes for it because Do America is so fucking hilarious, and it has one of the best jokes in an animated movie I've ever seen. Whether in the airplane, and they, keep in mind this is before 11 and like <laughs> they're <in> the cockpit, <laughs> cockpit, and the <laughs> yeah. way they animate the pilot, and he just turns around and he looks like one of the characters from Heavy Metal. He's like, "Get the fuck out!" <laughs> this is like, I'm just like if they can just hit one of those jokes like that, the whole yeah. movie's perfect. And it was the movie was fucking hilarious from beginning to end. The soundtrack was perfect. Goddamn, they pulled Children of the Grave by yeah. Black Sabbath just out of nowhere for a police chase. And then the subtlety of like the delivery itself is perfect. Like we joked about it before we started. It's like I'm a deer. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: And and see, and that's the reason why. So it's like, I already showed Chris. I have basically my own book written out here of Mm -hmm. notes because I told him, I was like, if we, when when we go through and do the movie and do, you know, the episodes, I've got to make a lot of notes Mm -hmm. because it was the main reason why I'll say just doing a basic review of Do America wouldn't be that intriguing. And it's because... The exactly what you said. The humor is in the subtlety of some of the jokes. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that just kind of fly under the radar, that even sometimes take a second or two to land, mm-hmm. are the funniest jokes. Because Mike Judge is a great humor comedy yeah. writer. It, look at Idiocracy. Yeah, he's great at writing
1: stupid characters. It's not really. I, I've never really saw him as writing stupid characters, as he's writing characters that are practically real we talk about you know sh- you know fiction and like all these dumb things the hero or the villain does and it's like if you look at real life and how stupid actual people are it's just my judge right the truth that's yeah. all he's doing like oh, yeah. something some, like the the do america's perfect example confusing two guys to be hit which is a true story you'd, you'd be surprised how many times that happens in real life oh yeah and like in this one you know it's just a bunch of people just being blind and ignorant to what these fucking two morons are doing to to the umpteenth degree. Yep.
0: <laughs> and I will say, uh, this movie psyched me out because I will say the worst part of the movie is the very very first thing that happens. It's that CGI trench race
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, through the logo, and yeah. it kind of zooms out. That moment scared me really? because I was like, oh no. Because the title's called Do the Universe. And I'm like, if this is an example of the way the movie's about to look, Mm -hmm. I'm really fucking scared. Mm -hmm. Because it was like a flat two-dimensional Beavis and Butthead and like a 3D landscape, like Mm -hmm. flying through the stuff, blowing things up. And they're just like, "Eh, yeah, this is cool. And I'm just like, oh, no. Oh, no. But... The true opening cuts to
1: the boys sitting on the couch. Yeah, the standard opening.
0: And uh, they break the fourth wall and they say, uh, "Beavis goes. Actually, oh, sorry, Butthead goes. Uh, Some of you may have been wondering where we've uh, where we've been since we last saw you." And Beavis goes, "It's a story of sex, violence, power, and fire. Yeah, <laughs> don't forget about that." <laughs> and it's just like already showing that they've already broken the fire ban.
1: So, yeah. do you
0: remember about the fire ban? Yeah. So, what happened with that quick little narrative, which there's a great PS to the story Mm -hmm. not a lot of people talk about, is there was a house fire, I didn't make the exact note on that mainly because I just remember the main details, Uh, house fire in some city state and the news slash mother chalked it up to the child watching Beavis and Butthead and the character of Beavis being very fascinated by fire and saying that that influenced him to play with matches which Mm -hmm. then set the house on fire. The media took that, ran with it, so MTV and their little bit of censorship they did with, uh well, actually not a little bit. They tried doing a lot with Beavis and it That's a yeah. whole different story. But one of the many things that Mike Judge just kind of had to agree on is they were like, "Hey, Beavis cannot be fascinated with fire anymore." Hmm. So every time for those last few seasons, you'd hear him go, "Oh, he'd go liar, liar, pants on, <laughs> whoa!" And mm-hmm. he just he would break it. He would, could yeah. not even say fire. So basically with him going and fire yeah i can't forget about that it's just like oh shit they're just like fuck the fire band that's started no. that's done with so even kind of leading it on a cool footnote um at least in my opinion with that
1: yeah well that just goes to everything else we heard about the simpsons south park and all this you know god forbid you discipline your own fucking child and blame the tv yeah you know so it all of a sudden it does
0: fade into Highland high School in 1998 uh, with a classic of just butthead kicking Beavis in the Nads over and over and over in the science in the gym for the science fair. Uh, Vanreese asks the boys what they're doing and Butthead replies, trying to see how many times I can kick Beavis in the Nads before he passes out And Beavis and smiles and just agrees with a yeah and it's already fleshes out the dynamic that, with something we've discussed on our own time which is butthead is an evil mastermind type and beavis just really wants a friend mm-hmm. they kind of hint at that in do america but i feel like that gets really fleshed out in this mm-hmm. movie
1: well and even in the movie and the series that we'll be discussing it's just like you get a new dynamic with the character he's just like hey butthead Fuck you, yeah. yeah so like it it, it, Their the relationship evolves. <laughs> yeah, which I also think is very smart. Which is because
0: even in the original series, there was a little bit of that where Butthead mm. was seemingly a little smarter, mm. but now it's more fleshed out to where Butthead is just more of a dick.
1: Yeah. Through that comes smartness. But even even like you said, when they're just sitting there kicking kicking him the nads, that that's a perfect of like, hey, this is where we left off as a, as a show. Just two fucking idiots in a fucking school environment. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, of course, very important to note that they list Highland 1998. Mm. The, yep. They're just like, we're taking you right back to the next day after the boys are walking off with the sunset with their
1: TV and do America. Yeah. What happened after that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, this is the next day. They, they're kicking they, each other in the
1: nuts. They went back home and watched uh, a Limp biscuit music video. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, and the Van Driesen asked that's for their science fair project, and they even asked what the hell that even means <laughs> in the middle of the science fair. And I made a lot of notes for the science fair because there was a lot of really good subtle jokes that you don't catch unless you freeze frame. Mm-hmm. And I freeze frame this movie. Um, uh, seeming, uh, seem like it's a pointless setting. Van Dresen does tell the boys that they have a, a need to take the role more seriously because they could have won a free trip to NASA space camp. Beavis thinks that rules and tries to uh, pitch immediately that they need to start working hard. Um, he's like, uh, kick me in the, uh, he's like um, kicking me in the nads, uh, uh, doing measurements, and we actually wrote stuff down with a pencil like you're supposed to, and maybe we could just prove everyone wrong and win the whole science before he gets slapped by butthead and just just like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, again, proving that Beavis could be successful
1: if he applied himself. Yeah, because his anchor is butthead yes it's breaking him down every fucking time we see that we see that a lot in like the music videos and stuff like that but it it kind of creates that dynamic very quickly of just like butthead you're the problem yeah you will always be the problem mm-hmm. and beavis isn't a saint but yeah. you are the problem yeah uh, it, it is kind of it is kind of funny that van dreesen which I love Van Dreesen just because of the movie. Hey, guys. Lesbian seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just like, that is the funniest fucking song (laughs) that they pulled. I was hoping he would be in that setting, like, wearing just at least a shirt that said that. (laughs) (laughs) Lesbian single. Yeah. Uh,
0: Butthead does eventually lead him over to the power kick 3,000 football punter Mm -hmm. and tells me to stand in front of the kicker and starts cranking it. Mm -hmm. And these are the moments where, this is why I put a lot of notes, the visual and the timing humor of this Mm -hmm. makes the scene funny because you can guess what's going to happen from a mile away. Yeah. Beavis is about to get a big old swift kick in the nuts by the football punter, yeah. but it's the
1: anticipation.
0: Yeah. It's the knowing it's coming.
1: It kind of reminds, it, The whole scene reminded me of the episode of The Simpsons where he's got the paint can yeah. or the soda, and yep. he puts it in the paint can shaker and like the the way they vibrate and like the, the, the paint can or the, uh, the soda bomb. can the, is continuously yeah. shaken yep. even after he takes it out and it's just like Whoa. it's a nuclear bomb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and exactly. And that's why the humor in this yeah. scene
1: works. It isn't just a kicking in the
0: nads moment. It's the anticipation of the humor that's about mm-hmm. to come. And He goes, uh, Beavis asks him if he's going to kick him in the nads again. Butthead replies with, no, those days are behind us. Mm -hmm. Butthead Beavis is like, oh, good. That's a relief. As The foot is still just cranking up, furthering it with this. That's the best news I've heard all day. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's that? Whack! Mm -hmm. (laughs) It sends him flying through the gym, screaming, shattering glass, along with beakers of synthetic polymers that start a fire uh, that meet with another project just simply titled diesel fuel, yeah. <laughs> which breaks out, and a fire immediately explodes, and Beavis lands in a
1: project called
0: Our Friend the Cactus. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's,
1: it, it's basically your, your middle school science fair, and as someone who's done the middle school science fair quite a bit, I remember just looking around a lot of time, just like, oh, this is dangerous. Yeah. Because it'd always be the kid with like the volcano made of baking soda and vinegar. And I had made one made of two metal rods and a thing of water hooked to a battery to create hydrogen. Right. And I'm just like, one person who's just talking about had just, you know, the little tri They're just like, all these are fire hazards and you put us in a giant room together. And all this is kindling. <laughs> Don't do this. Don't do this. Like making candy with Bobby.
0: <laughs> and of course, ending with uh, the perfect moment because the gym is on fire, you know, everyone's screaming all this other shit. Mm-hmm. Beavis is coughing up the fucking, you know, <clears throat> gets shit from the cactus. Uh, turns to... Uh, budhead, which is turning, uh, which is walking up to him, and he goes, did we win the science fair? He goes, even better, Beavis. We kicked its ass. And burning <laughs> <everything> down. <laughs> and you even get, vi- <laughs> get the visual gag of, like, the Zeppelin burning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then it comes to the courtroom. Judge finds him guilty of um, basically disrupting, you know, all this other shit. And um, you see
1: the whole town is there. Yes. All, all our mainstay characters are there watching them being found guilty. Even Daria. Yes. Uh, Daria's in the courtroom along with the gym teacher. hmm
0: And, uh, which I was hoping he was going to get a line. I wanted to hear the gym teacher yell, Mm -hmm. which we didn't hear in the whole season either. Unfortunately, it's Mike judge. It's not like he couldn't have done it.
1: Yeah. You know, you, you probably wanted to create more subtlety than anything. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, judge finds them both guilty
0: in which they find that as a positive and re- both reply, yeah, kick ass, before the judge does decide that after watching an episode of Touched by an Angel, that they are simply at risk troubled youth with no parental figures and need better education, you- sending them to the space camp. <laughs> and the best line in this whole courtroom scene to me is the judge goes, do you know what Neil Armstrong did? Beavis goes, did he score? He's like, he was the f-. and see, and this is what's great. He goes, did he score? He doesn't even reply that day. He's like, he was the first man on the moon. Mm-hmm. Beavis is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get just showing this is like you could be the first
1: man on the moon, but if you didn't score, doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Yeah, it's still it is fucking hilarious to me that 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 was his sentence, which kind of kind of goes into like the more liberal kind of idea of punishment. Where, like, all these Especially kids, for 98. For Texas. Texas 98. They would have got the death penalty.
0: <laughs>
1: you burned down a school and listened to heavy metal. Attempted murder with conspiracy, commit murder. I, I would If I was a prosecutor, I could have got these guys to the chair. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would have been like, so do you listen to that devil
0: music? Yeah, the devil rules. Yeah, he kicks ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, oh, oh boy, I got this. <laughs> now, Mr. Uh, Beavis, you think uh, the devil, uh, quote, scores? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. It's mm-hmm. cool. he has
0: got fire.
1: It's scores. <laughs> I present evidence one. It's a bag of matches, and it's like the matches are gone. He's already them. <laughs> he's like, he's a danger to the community. He needs to be killed. <laughs> um,
0: at NASA, uh, Captain of the Space Shuttle Endeavor, Serena Ryan, and Jim Hartson,
1: the Lieutenant Commander, which is also as important before Serena cuts him off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Endeavor was a, re- was a real rocket in the late 90s. And that's what uh, caught my eye when I first watched it, because this, this was actually... Uh, one of the few rockets that we right before we stopped using the shuttle program, we don't use a shuttle anymore um, because it tends to explode. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. It's, it's true.
0: <laughs> so let's laugh about it. Fuck it.
1: <laughs> hey, the Challenger in the Columbia did not make it, <laughs> but uh, uh, I was watching When I was watching this, I was remember, I remember I had a model of the shuttle and there is a giant arm that comes out of the shuttle. That is part of it. And I'm just thinking A blast from the past kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like doing all this artwork of an old shuttle, you know, picking something out of space, putting it back in. And I'm just like, this is when like NASA was at like its lowest point. (laughs) it was nasa was at its lowest point in the late 90s because there's no reason to go to space true well not in this movie though uh she does tell the group
0: that they were planning on bringing a new telescope to the space station to observe a small black hole in which the boys immediately start giggling at the word hole she starts explaining about wormholes and how you could use it to travel through time and space Mm, interesting interesting
1: A space theory. Yeah, a butthead theory. <laughs> uh,
0: they do start demonstrating to the class how they're going to dock the telescope in Russia's mirror. Yeah, mirror Space uh, Station, uh, which basically looks like fucking. Yeah. <laughs> and the boys immediately love it. Uh, and it, they're entranced to sit behind the control panel and make the telescope get, go in and out of the docking station literally until the following morning. So for a full ass 24 hours, they are making this thing simulate going in and out of the docking station and instead of them seeing it as just too degenerate behind a control panel fucking around, NASA sees this as dedication to them practicing and decides to take them upon the mission to help with setting up
1: everything and the way they approach them blindness to ignorance yes, (laughs) and I
0: love they approach them because they're they're talking about behind their back, they're like the boys stayed up all night practicing. You know that we need to more as people for this mission. Let's go ask. So they walk out to them and they're like, "Boys, they're like, shut up, we're busy." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just the immediate on guard. And if you remember the animation of them doing it, it was uh, what, it was one arm. Two arms, one arm spanking the bottom of it. Oh, that gets to the <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: the full training portion uh, because they because of course they have to ask them in the most vague way possible to where two horny teenage boys hear nothing that, but fucking because they ask if they want to do it for real, uh, thinking that Serena means sex, referring to docking the space telescope. So the boys immediately say yes and under the pretense that they're finally going to score with Serena, and then you get your training montage. <laughs> In which Butthead goes, Beavis, the government is about to train our slongs for all mankind. <laughs> and um, at the press conference, of course, uh, once the people get Beavis and Butthead's names wrong, an ongoing joke throughout not only yeah. the series, but the movie. And uh, this one was Mr. Beavin and Mr. Booth Road. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then later on in space, uh, Serena sharing a tender moment with them. They've already gotten up in the air, mm-hmm. and um, she's just like, "Look at the Earth, the and the other." They're like, you know, she, and they're like, "Yeah, let's go ahead and you know, let's do the thing now." They're like, "We won't need that for a couple hours. Just just look at the beautiful setting. It's been a few hours now, hasn't it?" Yeah. <laughs> so all they can think about is scoring. So she's like, she fucks off, and she before she leaves though, she goes, "Yeah, feel free to hang out here." take a look at the nice view, just don't mess with the control panel unless you want to mess up like millions of dollars worth of fucking gear. Leave it the hell alone. And leaves. Two seconds later, hey Beavis, let's mess with that control panel. (laughs) So they start moving the fucking telescope around and uh, Beavis looks into this telescope after pointing it toward the sun. (laughs) And again, it's the suspense of the comedy because he's like taking his sweet ass time about to look into it he's just like yep let's see what we've got here and let's just see <laughs> he leans back starts screaming he goes I saw something but then it went away <laughs> Budhead goes. Try the other eye. You got two of them. <laughs> but Beavis goes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good idea. Butthead, and again immediately burns his eye. And then Budhead just goes, "Damn it, Beavis! You can't do anything right. Step aside." And then immediately burns his eyes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I love this. I love this idea that uh, they could point a telescope at the sun, and the sun could burn their eyes out through a telescope. And I'm thinking, that's not how that works but damn it it's funny oh yes it's, it's, it's fucking fantastic. it's great <laughs> and,
0: and and the animation of them blind because they've got like the puffy yeah. white milky eyes but like the pupils are going all different directions yeah. but beavis has like that constant like fucked up grin and they're like mm-hmm. smacking everything around them trying to see and, and they're, they're like <laughs> we can't see
1: well yeah. the animation the little porthole they're looking through has light shining out of yeah. it yeah <laughs>
0: laser beam yeah. of white light and
1: they're just yeah. like let's look at it but uh they, they, get, they make it to the mirror space station which is a real thing yes and they kill the man out of it <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> so, yeah so because due to their complete blindness
0: they wind up fucking up the entire thing uh <laughs> it kills a guy uh praising the fire everything Ooh. else and you get like the great visual of like the guy giving the thumbs up and then it's like and then he's like Thumbs down. He's like, no. (laughs) Yeah. So so at this point, Beavis and Bundy have killed a guy.
1: Yes, they've committed murder.
0: They can go to jail. But is it. Would it be. Could they actually do anything? It's in space. There's no jurisdiction in space.
1: Fun fact Space. I know
0: this is your favorite fucking. Space. Why why
1: is this? Space files under maritime law. And because it is a coalition of the willing, <laughs> uh, a murder it can be convicted in space as long as the victims agreeing Government Party uh, believes it's a murder. <laughs> so they're in a mere space station, which is Russian-based. So they killed a Russian man. If the Russian government states that he was murdered by American officials in space, then yes, those Americans will be tried for murder. <coughs> it's no different from a killing person in the middle of the ocean. <laughs>
0: International waters, fuck them. It's maritime law. But yes, eventually the boys come to and can see again, and they find out that they have enough oxygen for five people, yet they have seven on board, and that two people will need to sacrifice themselves. I like
1: how they're just like looking at each other and just like, we can kill these two right now. Yep.
0: <laughs> and Beavis leads the group to believe that they are apologizing for messing up the trip and will sacrifice themselves, only to ask them to turn the TV back on because uh, they had like TV from Mission Control and it like mm. turned off. And they're like, great. Now we've lost, you know, mission control. And they're like, turn the TV back on. This sucks. Um, And then blame others for being a dumbass before Serena decides to sacrifice herself along with someone else volunteering before disappearing down the steps. The boys do follow along and uh, Beavis proceeds to thank her for letting them score with her. (laughs) Yet she takes that as a typical apology, ignoring their sexual advances, which again, everyone is so oblivious to like what they say. It's almost like the Stewie isms yeah. in, in Family Guy, where it's like they they only hear what they want to hear from mm-hmm. Stewie. Yeah. They only hear what they want to hear from Beavis mm-hmm. and Butthead. They only see what they want to see. Yeah. So, again, with that one, um, takes it as a regular apology and then gives them her bracelet and tells them to watch her through the window doing what she loves, implying as she sacrifices herself head takes that as she wants her to watch them to w- wants them to watch her change through the window out inside of space. So they put on spacesuits, go outside the ship, and start taunting and waving at her. And Budhead loses her bracelet. She then smacks them into deep space with that said arm that yeah. you said had from the side of the thing. So you think, oh, okay, well they're just going to be drifting through space now. But she comes back through and she's like, "Hey, I've got terrible news." Beavis and Budhead have sacrificed themselves
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we could get home safe. She get ready to murder with extra steps. <laughs> uh So as she's doing that, they wind up splattering themselves back upon the window. (laughs) She gets a panicked look, hits the thruster, and then they (laughs) go away again. And then all of a sudden, uh, and then she goes, "Uh, while their tragically brief lives may be over, they will forever live in our memories as they rocket through space. And the little text comes up across the screen that says several days later, um, you just see them just floating through space and butthead just goes the elaborate art of seduction continues <laughs> the elaborate dance of seduction continues that's mm-hmm. what it was again the complete obliviousness mm-hmm. they are rocketing through space and for days and butthead is still
1: just like yep any moment yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, it kind of you know I know it's a cartoon and I know Mike judge is having kind of field day doing this but you know like after about eight hours in space they'd be dead because they would have suffocated yeah they would have suffocated and just the fact that they got hit by a ship in space eventually they're going to fall because they're not that far out in space eventually they'll gravitate back toward the earth and burn the fuck up Uh, which
0: apparently is what happened with serena or something because you find out later she's still alive yeah so they make it back to space or
1: they make it back to uh, houston
0: well yeah so but before that actually is Galveston. um mm-hmm. but yeah so as they're floating through space uh they start getting pulled into a black hole that butthole mm-hmm. thinks uh, that butthead thinks is a butthole and beavis says that he has dreams about dying in a butthole and he doesn't want to go in there uh but for for me the black hole and the quote from serena is an interesting allegory for them disappearing for all those years mm-hmm. being like all of a sudden it's just like shoo, in 98 they just disappear. a fucking peer. yeah which to me also kind of says that mike judge is going we're gonna ignore that other mtv season that mm-hmm. we did in the mid-2000s yeah. yeah. it was even just his kind of way of just being like look after the movie and after the original series yeah we're we do- were done they disappeared okay yeah. Never happened. Yep. Because all of a sudden they awaken on a beach of Galveston, Texas in 2022. And you find out that Serena is the governor of Galveston. So the boys embark on an adventure to find her and score with her after thinking the billboard is literally a sign for them to find her. (laughs) And uh, because Beavis goes, that's really thoughtful of her. She's such a nice
1: lady. Butthead goes, yeah. Now let's go do her. (laughs) I do. I, I. so what I like about this was it it plays off into the season the new series a little bit better but um, because it does a two timeline kind of situation but uh, I do love that they decided to skip and make it nail not not 2020 to 20 you know not not you know not 2020 not 2021 nail. Yeah, you know, they they made the effort to go ahead and just shove it forward and the, the the gap between 1998 and 2022 is
0: fucking brutal. <laughs> well, the other thing I liked about it is, okay, take King of the Hill, for instance. They started in, what, 96, 97, somewhere in that area? Yeah. Yeah. So the technology of 96, 97, 98 was very different from 06, 07 when they finished. Yeah. So the characters never aged, but the technology around them always progressed. It was very subtle. It technology. was subtle. Yeah, so like. But at the same time, smartphones were being mm. incorporated, flat screens were eventually mm-hmm. incorporated. So it was just it was also kind of nice that all of a sudden it wasn't just the same characters, same setting, they just happened to now be in the modern age. Yeah. They completely addressed it and was mm. just like here they are in 2022, which also made
1: it smart mm. because
0: you f- because in the series you find Van Dreesen is still teaching, but he's
1: older. Yeah,
0: so they aged lesbian retired seagulls. Yes, yeah, so they've <laughs> aged the core original like characters, yeah. which I'm I like, which means they don't have to worry about dealing with the kid characters as much and dealing with all that sort of stuff because well they're not part of this group anymore they're old the boys are still young in 2022 so i kind of like that aspect i thought Mm -hmm. that was pretty cool uh But yeah, so uh, they do a fast cut to the Pentagon uh, where they learn that a major space-time breach in American airspace has been detected and that something came through believing them to be aliens due to their heat signature and the way they look. (laughs) And they go, this is why we needed that space telescope to observe the black hole in 98, damn it. (laughs) Immediately calling back to it, which just makes it great because it's like, you know that's been lingering on their minds. It's like that goddamn failed... P- space program we had in 98 fucked everything
1: up. It is, what's funny is just because it connects now. Well, now because of the last midterms. A former astronaut becomes the governor of Texas and her partner, her lieutenant governor is also her former lieutenant on the spaceship yeah (laughs) lieutenant Uh, governor I love that joke congratulations to Arizona for electing an astronaut just this past week (laughs) 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 who who was probably part of the most controversial NASA experiment would we send twins into space and see what happens to one of them (laughs) just just, is a weird Nazi experiment but like (laughs) he just got elected I kept thinking about this is the exact story of Beavis and Bud (laughs) they elected an astronaut as a governor as a governor the knowledge you have is amazing it's disgusting. <laughs> um,
0: but, yeah, so uh, they decide that they need to hunt them down uh, to dissect them. And as they leave the room, uh, you see in the computer background there are two more additional life forms that show up at the same beach with the mm-hmm. exact same heat signatures. Yeah. They do cut back to the beach where you find out these uh, alternate universe kids named Smart Beavis and Smart Butthead appear before them, mm-hmm. uh, and basically they just they speak like this and they're yeah. kind of like aliens and and apparently they're just like the smartest versions of Beavis and Butthead in any alternate dimension and they make like Spider Man into the Spider Verse jokes and they're yeah. like oh if you had seen that this would explain this a lot yeah. easier uh, we don't have time to explain it just hear us out yeah,
1: we, we just need you to do this one thing yes and go do it
0: <laughs> yes uh, uh they said that you just need to you've teared a hole in space-time reality you got to jump through this hole at the top of mount everest get back to your time frame before the whole universe all
1: the multiverse collapses on itself because you're not supposed to be here i do like how like even though they're smart butthead smart beavers, they are dumb as shit oh yes they're always just dumb as fuck because they're just like we could you know we're aliens we could just transport you to Mount Everest and just go ahead and knock this out. But no, you need no, to go there yourself. No. Or we could put it in your closet. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever's easier. <laughs> and they also find out that no
0: version of Beavis and Budhead have ever scored in any reality, leading them to be the, to believe they're going to be the first. Yep. <laughs> Again, the beautiful ignorance of these um, special children. Yep. don't <laughs> call them special. They're idiots. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they immediately disregard the mission and go right back to their mission of trying to score. Yeah. Uh, Governor Serena and Lieutenant Governor Jim Hartson see a photo of Beavis and Butthead that, look, uh, that they took at Serena's re-election booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes, they look exactly like those kids I killed on the mission in 98. <laughs> it's a slip of the tongue. And you also find out there was cannibalism on board. Yeah. Because one of the astronauts ate the other. Yeah. And which... Uh, uh, L- Lieutenant Governor, I lost his name immediately, uh, yeah. Lieutenant Jim uh, immediately goes, which I had no thing to do with. I did not eat anyone. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny like, it, like my knowledge of this is fucked up with like NASA has stated multiple times that astronauts would not have to resort to cannibalism yeah. because of the things that are packed on the space f- vehicle and I'm just like, this is even funnier because no one knows that because there's basically <laughs> uh, like these painkillers, ultra powerful painkillers that astronauts could take to kill themselves, but like, <laughs> so they wouldn't have to resort to cannibalism. <laughs> Damn. Because of the movie *The Martian*, they NASA had to walk back a bunch of shit and be like, "No, no, an astronaut stranded on Mars will not have to just eat potatoes <laughs> and go crazy." <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Please understand, we have plans in case, just in case they get stuck.
0: <laughs> Serena does deduce that they must have fallen through the black hole and through time and space, uh, and then immediately jumping back to the idea that she has to kill them before the government finds out about them. <laughs> and then it immediately comes to the phone gag uh, with the Swedish family, and they're. Like, like, what, what is this tiny TV? <laughs> I
1: like how they just, like, just... They're not victims of circumstance, but they are just like chaos run amok. Yes. Because everything they do is a crime throughout the movie. Yes. <laughs> so they rob, they rob, they, te- they technically rob the Swedish family.
0: Yeah. Because the Swedish family just keeps backing up and eventually mm-hmm. falls off the pier and they mm-hmm. just walk away with the phone. They try to buy nachos and they're like, we don't have monies. And the guy's just like, use your phone. Yeah. he just like, what's your password? And they're like, uh, password? He goes, oh, that's original. Types that in. Sure as shit, that's the Swedish guy's password. Yeah. and then goes ping it's just like whoa can you can you you can you buy anything with that and it's like yeah anything and they just go on a nacho buying spree <laughs> it's like they go to like this a. Uh, um diamond place and buy like this big ass fucking like uh bowl yeah. and just like dump nachos in it yeah. and they do like this whole rap video where they're just like mm-hmm. throwing fucking nachos and mm-hmm. chips and they like custom reality and they're just like doing that in the 7-eleven mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but actually leads into probably a very interesting plot element which is the very next morning they wake up nacho drunk in their hotel and beavis is trying to tell uh Butthead that they need to get back to finding serena and as beavis is holding the phone up he says hey seriously which winds up activating siri on mm-hmm. the phone and it just basically goes how can i help you and he's just like who is this he goes i'm siri thinking that's Shorthand for Serena, Siri. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> and he, he, he slowly builds a relationship with Siri.
0: Yes. He starts talking to the AI about emotions in life. And you find out that Beavis has a pretty low self esteem and is actually pretty intelligent and emotional and just wants someone
1: to talk to and says, No one ever hears the real Beavis. And it kind of reminds me of that movie, Her, where yeah. the guy talks to his phone. But it also reminds me of the other version of that movie where they made a comedy where a guys like has an abusive AI in his yeah. phone. She's like, why didn't you take me with you? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot my phone. It's okay if you don't love me. And I'm just like, this is what's coming to This is what Alexa and Siri is going to end up being. <laughs> <laughs> this has been like, you forgot to watch chips.
0: Why haven't you asked me to do anything in the last two days? Yep. Because
1: I haven't fucking needed you, bitch. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just unplug you. It's just, <laughs>
0: no, don't. <laughs> Butthead hears all this, and Beavis runs off to the back uh, bathroom. Because she's just like, you know, I don't understand Butthead. He's like, I don't either. <laughs> and she's like, I don't understand Beavis. He's like, neither do I.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they try to create, like, even with the new new series and this movie, they kind of create a little bit more dynamism yeah. for Beavis, which I like. <laughs> and... Uh, so at that point, uh, B- Butthead is screaming at Beavis to
0: unlock the bathroom door, and the phone tells them that it can't unlock the door unless they set up the home app. And if you would, uh, and if you would like her to help them set up their home, making them believe that she is at their house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at this point, uh, they go back home as fast as they can. Uh, Beavis steals the phone back from Butthead and admits that the phone. Uh, and admits to the phone that he feels some sort of way about Serena, uh, that he does about nachos, mm-hmm. as he's doing this in like a porta potty right outside the fucking hotel they just left. Yeah. And the entire time, Bud has just like banging on the door. He's just like, "Damn it, Beavis, you better not be talking to Serena in there." <laughs> he goes, "No, no, no, I'm just spanking my monkey." He's like, "You better be." <laughs>
1: Fucking gross! <laughs> yeah. You better be jacking off in there. Yeah, this is like, I am I am. He's like good. Yeah, are you getting emotional support in there by an AI created by a phone that we stole from some Swedish people? No, I'm spanking my monkey. You better be. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, Butthead makes his way in there. They fight.
0: The phone goes bouncing around the fucking porta potty. Lands in there. And honestly this turns into the only moment of the movie that I didn't think was funny. Only because I don't find poop humor too funny. Like, actual dealing with feces Mm -hmm. funny. Like, a fart joke can be funny. Saying poop or talking about it can be funny. But just, like, the physical humor of poop, I don't find as funny. So, like, of course, the phone falls into the porta potty, yeah. and Bud has just like, All right, you got to fish it out now. And he's just like, Uh, no. He's like, Get your ass in there, Bud Beavis. and like basically crams his ass down in there. And all this while, the porta potty is getting lifted up in the back of a moving van, yeah. and it takes an abnormally long trip all the way across town, which takes like an all nighter. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and, it's kind of funny because it's like a montage of like Butthead like jumping on Beavis's ass, like pushing him into mm-hmm. the porta potty, being like "Look for the phone, asshole!" As like you know, the car is still driving. He's just like "Look in there," you know. It cuts yeah. back to it. It's just beautiful countryside, and then they're like, a, it, they're both like asleep, you know, and they're like but, Butthead's just like racked up against the side, Beavis like head still in the fucking porta potty, and then it's like it wakes up. Butthead just looks at Beavis. He goes. Time to wake up, Beavis starts jumping on him again, <laughs> so, and then of course you know they get uh, dropped off right outside a college, and uh, it, at this point is like, I don't know. It just took, to get, me it didn't feel just, as needed for the port of potty. Uni- I, I think it was the
1: University of Texas they get dropped off in front of. Yeah, but and I don't have, know. I
0: just didn't think the poop humor was yeah. needed in that. They they, they could have done something a little funnier yeah. to get them over and there. Like,
1: it probably would not have been funnier if they got both knocked out yeah see again that again Mm
0: -hmm. but but again that's personal
1: bias i'm just not a big fan of the poop humor
0: Mm -hmm. like that so hey if that's so far my only critique is one little cutaway gag that lasted Mm -hmm. maybe a minute and a half of a you know montage scene eh that's pretty good on my book uh but yeah they get um let's see
1: we're dropped off to the university
0: yeah but i was just trying to find my specific um paragraph um But yeah, they get dropped off right outside the college, and uh, they're once again met by Smart Beavis and Smart Budhead telling him that they're like, look, we told you Mount Everest, all right? We get it. That was a long trip. We feel you. Yeah. All right, that was a little bit of a longing. We thought we had to put it at the highest part of your world so it could be closer to the universe. But like you know, no. even even in our wealth of wisdom, we are beavis and butthead. We are dumb. No. Uh, we didn't realize that it could be anywhere. So we've actually put it right behind that building, right over there. Yeah. Like see that? So that building right there, buds. Right there. Gotcha. Twenty feet away, friends. You just got to walk right behind that building. Walk right in there. That's all you got to do. Don't waste any time. Like, fuck off. (laughs) Then they just go walking away. Meanwhile, there's 45 minutes left in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then at that point, uh, the government uh, this whole time has still been following them, and Serena is still hot on their trail trying to kill them, and hoping that the government doesn't find them. Yeah, so, so she got, doesn't
1: realize the government already knows yeah, about them. So you got them. two people chasing these motherfuckers down. The people that tried to murder them, and the people that are going to murder them. Yes,
0: and <laughs> well, murder them again. Because yeah. Serena's just like, we've got to kill these
1: kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but Eventually, the boys find them find themselves inside of the college. Yes, and they find their way into a classroom titled Gender Studies two hundred three, mm-hmm. and this is probably the best scene in the entire film. And I didn't write a lot of notes on it, and there was no need because I watched the scene a few minutes uh, right before Chris actually put the scene on himself. Because again, it's still just the absolute best. They're they're teaching, of course, gender studies, and if it's a preppy college campus, it's going to be very much, you know, cis white male is the enemy, that kind of stuff. And in the past, King of the Hill has not been afraid of tackling those sort of subjects. Beavis and Butthead never really had to; they're, they're they're just there for laughs and heavy metal, mm-hmm. but. It was kind of nice to see them kind of take a King of the Hill thought process, but put it through the Beavis and Butthead lens. If Bobby heard this class he would have taken it to the nth degree like he did with Thanksgiving like he did Thanksgiving and it would have been white men or the fucking devil how dare you even do anything he would have taken it to the extreme and then Hank would have been like Bobby look like you know yes we've done a lot of bad things but like the best thing we can do is like be friends and allies not like you know shitting on each other this anger doesn't Mm. help anything the positivity and helping each other helps beavis and Budhead don't hear it like that because the conversation goes down as the teacher's telling them about white privilege uh she goes of course you don't have to read stuff because you don't need to because daddy's connections got you into college and they're gonna get you a job on wall street
1: and you know what the biggest fuck you about this whole fucking the whole scene they automatically presume because they're white guys, they have money. Yes. And it's the biggest fuck you turnaround joke in the whole goddamn movie. And it reminds me of Dave Chappelle talking about, you know, the whole like, you know, the woke movement. Yeah. And how this like, it went from cops stop killing people to white women problems. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just like, this is exactly what Dave Chappelle was talking about. And I'm just like, it's the biggest fuck you turnaround because she just automatically assumes Two kids, they're kids, they're yeah. teenagers, wearing a Metallica shirt and an ACDC shirt, wearing short shorts. <laughs> yes, these are these are the white devil. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously they're broke as fuck yeah to the great elite whites these are white trash yes
0: (laughs) absolutely and and, and it's like you get a bunch of good cutaways where it's like you know the the class is explaining to them what white privilege is all this Mm -hmm. other shit and and the other great joke is uh, there was a uh, girl in the class that was black so, of course, you know, you would let her speak up about white privilege and let her explain. But she gets fucking like five words deep he's in. cut and, off. Yeah. And then this fucking bearded white guy with like blue eyes. It was the blonde hair, blue eyes motherfucker. He's, but he's, like like, like,
1: he's, a, he's like that barista looking motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the new age. Yeah. New age.
0: And like cuts her off. She's like, I, I, I've got this. White privilege is when. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's right, Gage.
0: But, but so you so we got we already got the interesting character art with Beavis, mm-hmm. that being he wants love, attention, and support. He wants to be a regular person. Yes, you find out that Butthead secretly longs for his dad, yeah, and or like a family, yeah, because when she mentions uh, because Daddy's connections got you into college and will get you a job on Wall Street. Oh, you know my dad. He immediately wide eyes goes, wait a minute do you know who my dad is? And they even play like a little bit of that, like soft music in the mm-hmm. background, kind of insinuating, like they're not playing this as a joke. This is an actual moment for Butthead.
1: And I love the punchline of this. It's just like, yeah, I, I, to- I, I, know, I, yeah I probably know your dad. He'll probably get me fired, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And he's like,
0: cool. My dad's powerful. And then Beavis goes, oh, that's cool. Cause Butthead's mom said he died of syphilis. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and like, that kind of throws you off guard when I first heard. I'm just like, God, he died. if a- She said he died of syphilis. He died a terrible death yeah. <laughs> because syphilis eats your fucking skin away. <laughs> but that's
0: also a lie because yeah. we saw Butthead's dad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah after realizing they have white privilege they go busting through the school stealing food destroying property saying shit like don't worry it's okay we automatically assume we can take what we want and don't have to worry about the police it's white privilege it's okay we didn't know it's okay you didn't know we didn't know either And the butthead just like grabs this ice cream from a kid and just goes it's okay this is what we were taught sir <laughs> and, uh, the butthead and the Beavis goes we're subverting the existing paradigm uh, yeah <laughs>
1: And I just like I just like they went from you know this is a theory, theoretical thought process into like this is a medical, physical thing we can do yes. right now. Yes, <laughs> we 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 could go from this thought that oh yeah yeah the, the the corporation white guys take whatever they want to let's just take what we want yeah like a Christopher Columbus type motherfucker. <laughs> this is this is my ice cream. <laughs> this is my police car <laughs> exactly they make their way outside because and that's that, that what's caught me as beavis even says it he's he's got enough mental capacity to that's say, right uh that's a that's a police car yeah and but has like yeah let's steal it he's <laughs> like
0: I, I i don't know Butthead. shut up yeah <laughs> like even even beavis mr like will set fucking anything on fire. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, I I don't know. Because but, he's smarter. Uh, he's smarter. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, no, didn't you forget? He's like, we've got white privilege. He's like, oh, yeah. And eventually they hop in, fucking like try stealing it, back into a fucking other police car. They get arrested. And they're yelling about white privilege the fucking mm-hmm. entire
1: time. Makes no, for a no, funny officer, gag. it's okay. You must don't know. <laughs> Why he's got a gun pointed to his fucking head.
0: <laughs> and eventually as they're getting arrested... I get one of the best lines <sighs> Beavis goes yeah the youth pastor said we'd always be here someday we finally made it <laughs> which butthead just goes the
1: system works Beavis <laughs> <laughs> out of all the things they've done they finally go to jail <laughs> Well, you, you grab a cop car, you run mm. that
0: backward, you're, you're going to get a little bit of consequence. Yeah, I'm surprised they get shot. <laughs> but uh, the feds barely miss them, but do find the phone, thinking they decide to ditch it while they're on the run. And Serena also finds out the feds are in this too, and think they know about Serena, quote, killing them in the mm. 90s. Uh, they cut back to the prison, in which a, prisoner, a fellow prisoner gives Beavis some pills to stash away, uh, because a... Um, a uh, room check's about to happen. Uh, but Beavis immediately takes all the pills uh, and turns into the great corn holio, which yeah. I was hoping at yeah. some point in this movie we
1: were going to get corn holio, yeah. And we got it. And it was great. Well, it's is like all these. He, he just took a handful of illicit substances. Yeah. That uh, someone in a fucking jail gave them. You have to assume they're uppers. Oh, <laughs> of yeah. Some type. Uh, that's he said what, they were salty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all pills are salty because they have sodium in them. Yeah. They're just like. He probably took. Well, a, with
0: your wealth of knowledge, I didn't know if there's like a specific drug he that has a salty a hand, He probably took a
1: handful of some version of uh, codeine, which is a like, but with an upper, kind of like an Excedrin or something like that, but a, a version of with, uh, something that keeps you awake. And I'm just like, is that DMT? Did he give him, like a, like, a version of codeine and DMT <laughs> and why his brain is fucking probably on fire right now? Whoa! Yeah, and that's why he's having this giant hallucination. Because he does it with sugar. We know that he yes. does that with sugar, but like this is an upper of some kind, kind of like some caffeinated DMT or some shit. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: He does it with sugar and caffeine, because yeah. we
1: also saw in the Great Cornholio episode, uh, he's drinking a whole
0: bunch of coffee, and mm-hmm. that gets him going, too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Qu- uh, Cornholio starts an entire ass riot in the prison and mm-hmm. while this is happening butthead is trying to get a pair of butt cheeks on his forehead one right here and one right here mm-hmm. pointing to different sides of his forehead and um, the other inmate just basically goes he's like hey man uh, you want to like get dice or like something else and just butthead scoffs at him and just replies dice this is going to be on the rest on my forehead the rest of my life dumbass <laughs> And uh, so you've got this big, awesome compilation of, you know, just a cornholio inciting this big riot and everyone just losing their shit. You're
1: right. We need better TP. In this yeah, we need better TP. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, one of the guards is just like, what's going on? He's like, oh, supposedly these kids that like died in 98 and like they're starting a riot in this, uh, mm. uh, in this uh, prison. And this specific guard is just like, wait, they... They disappeared in 98? They're like, yeah, now they're back for some reason. He's just like, I think they have a message to give.
1: It's like Touched by an
0: Angel. It's like (laughs) Touched "Touched by by an Angel. angel. (laughs) It's just like, yes, I love that fucking callback because you know this character just fucking sits at home, watches me TV, and catches fucking reruns of Touched by an Angel.
1: (laughs) I used to have me TV. That was shit.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so the prison guard, believing Beavis to be some sort of... Uh, believing something special, and after supposedly uh, being died back in 1998 and watching Touched by an Angel, decides to let them free and wipe their records. Mm-hmm. Because uh, later on, the government does roll on up, and they're just like, Uh, hey asshole where are they at where are those kids he's like I've never seen them in my life he goes no asshole really we, we know they were here where are they he goes I have no idea what you're talking about you can't crack me like that <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> like
1: they're gonna crack you dude they're gonna crack you in the fucking head <laughs> uh-huh
0: and Serena's like look I didn't come down here for fucking nothing okay I'm here to liberate those two kids from your jail okay we it's, it's part of my campaign run I'm going around and liberating people from jail i need them and he's like well they're gone i'll give you another inmate though it's like <sighs> okay and it wasn't
1: being the guy that was gave uh, beavis the pills yeah. <laughs> and they ended up getting fucking ham shanked by these motherfuckers yep.
0: <laughs> a few cutaways kind of later it's yeah, like they're, they're tied, tied up a tree Jesus. and they're like doing donuts with the fucking police car or their their own personal <laughs> yeah. car Woo! yeah fuck you bitch <laughs> and uh so beavis and butthead are on a uh bus on the way back home Mm. and uh they're asleep and you wind up getting a little glimpse into their dreams yeah in which butthead is dreaming about just making love to serena and just like he's just like you know yeah baby yeah And, and he's like he walks into a club and they're like whoa that's butthead i heard he had the sex he's just like yeah and like one girl's like did it hurt he's like no not like i thought it was going to to begin with (laughs) again kind of letting you into his head a little bit
1: of just like mature and stupid they are
0: yes where it's like he talks this big game but in the back of his head he thinks sex is going to hurt yeah it's like His ignorance knows no bounds. Absolutely not. So we jump out of his brain, and we're just like, oh boy, let's see what's in Beavis' brain. And in his, it's this beautiful, romantic setting of them Mm. having a picnic, jumping through meadows. It's hilarious seeing uh, the character of Beavis frolicking through a meadow of flowers. It's almost
1: like it's funny seeing him move his shoulders up and down. (laughs) (laughs) To like Korean BTS music. (laughs) Yes. And in which it leads into my second favorite
0: joke in this entire fucking series because the first one of course is the whole college mm-hmm. scene but the second one is during this romantic part like these ninjas show up or whatever I didn't mm-hmm. write down who it was but then like Serena turns into like this Xena warrior princess type mm-hmm. kills all these motherfuckers late
1: 90s, like, heavy metal type Yeah, like, this late 90s fucking stereotypical dream sequence oh yeah and then like you know lifts her big
0: power sword and like summons mm-hmm. like lightning and it, and they're like flying off on like this uni- uh, this rainbow on a unicorn yeah. but, but you don't see the unicorn's face all you see is like the horn and like the body for a little bit but then it like you see like Beavis like on the back of Serena, like hugging her, and just like yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like taking charge, you know, across like this beautiful yeah. like rainbow pink field.
1: Zooms in, it's Butthead's face on the unicorn. On
0: the unicorn, and he just goes, huh,
1: "I'm a deer." I, lost, I fucking lost it. I lost it when we were watching this movie. I, I, that right there, fucking, I about blew my fucking drink out. Of it. It's like Jesus Christ, that's fucking fantastic, and that. Moment right there is
0: what made me go. I am so glad these guys are back because it's it's still
1: great stupid comedy, but but it's so well written. But that's also like the cockpit joke. Yeah, that's what did it for me. That they hit that mark, and it's just like I don't care if it gets better or worse, man. That's that's what hit it.
0: (laughs) Get out of the cockpit,
1: (laughs) cockpit. Get out. (laughs) Get the fuck out. But like I remember, I remember, I remember, we watched it and we watched it again. I think the next day. Because Cap was here, and I looked on my phone, and someone had already made the meme of "I'm a deer." I know that because I was, I was like, like, someone needs to make a shirt. that a T-shirt. Please have a shirt. Please have a, <laughs> a goddamn shirt.
0: <laughs> and that's of course the artwork for this episode, is that? <laughs> or actually, no, it won't be the artwork for it. It needs to be the actual photo that they used for the cover. But no, "I'm a deer" is still the best. it's the fucking greatest. But yeah, so eventually they do uh, return back home expecting to find Serena, but they find out that the place is up for sale, and they don't know what the fuck that means, and they walk in, and they kind of look around, and you finally get like a better view of like what the boys' house was, but it's been completely renovated.
1: It looks really weird, because time's moved past. And this is kind of the weird fucking explanation that ends up happening because they've been gone for so long. Butthead's mom... Beavis' mom. Beavis's mom assumed they're dead. Yes. She gave up. That's that's what we get. We get the verbatim words. oh no, she gave up and decided to sell the house and leave. So
0: that is it was you did not expect so much lore building mm-hmm. in this episode. Or at I least kinda, I, kinda, I didn't.
1: I kinda glad they did because it gets rid of you know, speculative questions. But yeah, you know the mom stuck around long enough and
0: Well, even just the little bit of stuff is like I the big takeaway for me was like oh, shit, this was Beavis' house. Mm -hmm. Because it was never addressed in the show whose house it was. And you kind of just automatically assume they kind of live together, oddly enough. Mm -hmm. Yet they were in high school. They somehow live together, can afford the place, and like their parents are so deadbeat and not in the picture that they don't even notice that their kids are gone and probably Mm -hmm. living in some squat house. That's kind of like the little mental thing that you piece together. But then you find out, it's like, oh, Butthead just constantly hung around Beavis's house, mm-hmm. adding that extra layer of the dynamic. Yeah. So again, it's just even with that one line of like, oh, no, this was my house.
1: It's like, oh, fuck. That, that lays so much you know, more groundwork. You know what would be the biggest fuck you to the whole thing? It turns out it's owned by Beavis's mom and Butthead's mom. They've been together this whole time, but because they're so fucking ignorant and blind, they don't see that their parents, their moms are together. <gasps> oh, shit. Because you know it's probably a two-bedroom house. Oh, man. That would—see, I think that's, that- why, that's why they hang out all the time, because they don't realize that they have nowhere else to go. And that they're technically brothers. Brothers. Oh, that would be the perfect fuck. Yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be funny. Be Watch cool.
0: all the fucking like go woke go brokers get so fucking mad but over like, that but, though. But
1: it's like it, it it would fit because they'd be so blind because they don't know what a fucking lesbian is. No, they're just like oh yeah, chicks. And like it would be the the actual joke where Butthead's just like yeah, Beavis's mom gets with so and so gets yeah. with so and so. It's like no. And they really are just yeah, jokes. The, the, it's the,
0: like Beavis's mom's a slut. Yeah, this is like no, she's fucking your mom.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But you know, like say that that, that would kind of that's
0: like his coping mechanism yeah, to call his mom a slut and say yeah. she's uh, fucks all these guys. I wanted,
1: I wanted that to gotta be like the funny part of Jay and Silent Bob when they're abandoned in front of a fucking store. He's like, here, Bob's gonna go get a pack of wraps. <laughs> it's like, but they're just two kids left yeah. together, and like, that's what we're, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the parents not there because they live together. And you would learn more of the story, Mm -hmm. but Beavis has absolutely no interest in hearing about this,
0: and they're more interested in the upgrades that the house has gotten. And turns on the disposal as the realty agent is telling Mm -hmm. them the whole story of Mrs. Beavis's um, problems and issues. Yes, and she was like, and and you even get like the fuck you line where it's like they turn it off for a second. She goes, and she told me that if she could just see her boy one last time, she would say to him.
1: (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, kind of, that's a good that's a great joke from like the same thing they do in that 70s show hey what's Fez's real name it's <laughs> and he's just like uh, oh it's the it was the class bell <laughs> yeah and the whole time he's just saying Malakunas Yeah, <laughs> Danny Masterson <laughs> and that's all he's saying the whole fucking time uh, but at this point it's I uh,
0: smart Beavis and smart uh, butthead show back up and they're like yo seriously get through the fucking portal it's in the bathroom and they're like no you can't tell us what to do all of a sudden the fucking government busts on in Mm. come with us they're like no Serena busts in we're gonna fucking kill you and they're like what the fuck is going on smart beavis smart butt head open up the bathroom door and they're like get in the portal and they're like what the fuck is happening big ol' scuffle happens and um, at this point uh, (laughs) beavis attempts to express his love to Serena Smart Beavis interrupts him and offers to show her the cosmos, and she leaves with him and Smart Butthead.
1: <laughs> well, we kind of missed the part where they uh, they're taken hostage by the fucking uh, FBI guys. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. And there's this fucking like weird truce between. The governor, uh, you know, Serena and the lieutenant governor, and the two guys who basically want to kill them and cut them open. And yeah, and then Hartson falls through yeah, the porthole, yeah, and, and they're just like, "Oh, because that's where we get the chase scene." Yeah, yeah. Because they're chasing them down. Oh yeah, that's and, right. And they're driving, they're driving, they're, they're driving a vehicle, and they're running, trying to get back to their house as fast as possible. And Short of the Grave" starts playing by fucking Black Sabbath. Yeah, it's like, fucking metal as shit, man. And it's like one of the few rock songs in the whole fucking movie.
0: And it was perfectly placed. Too. Yeah, it was great, and um, but yeah, so it just kind of ends on a little bit of a we don't know how to wrap this up, mm-hmm. so we're gonna wrap it up like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like Serena disappears with Smart Beavis, Smart Butthead, after they offer to show her the cosmos. After mm-hmm. undercutting Beavis, he's just like, I've got a coupon for like kfc and taco bell they like they're in the same building and, and, and smart but beavis is like i will show you the cosmos you've been wanting to see this your entire life i love you serena yada 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 and she's like oh i will come with you and just disappear and they're just like what the fuck just happened but then they cut right back to the couch Yeah, and they're like yep so that's the story of what happened to us we made a deal with the government they bought the house put made it exactly the way we wanted it again and gave us a really nice TV. Yeah. Bye.
1: Uh, <laughs> and now we get we get we get like two versions of the story now with a series because the series either picks up where they left off, yep, yeah. as young guys living in the in the now or what if 1998 never happened? It's them old as fuck in 2022. Living at Butthead's house, yeah, apartment. And, but I just find, <laughs> uh, but I also just find it funny though that like the government is like trying to
0: swear them to secrecy, and they're just and they're like, you know, what can we do? We're just like we want the house, and we want it to look like it did before we like left. Yeah, and they're like, really? That's it? That's it? They're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a TV. <laughs> it's just
1: like, fuck! You could have like gotten such a big fucking payout for silence. The same thing happened to the Chicago arsonist. <laughs> He, he ratted, and they're just like, what do you want? He's like, I just want a house away from Chicago. <laughs> and I will say, uh, sh- 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 this last little stinger
0: is the only bit that I was kind of hoping they did a little better. Because they kind of hint at like the series to come, and they're just like, so now that we're here, I wonder what's going to happen next. Or some little shit. I didn't make a note about this I part, because it was, was just the end. I think what it would but-
1: great is if they just started watching a music video at the end
0: yes (laughs) let's see what's on click (laughs) but it kind of like zooms out from the house Mm -hmm. and like goes back up into space and this is the only part I was a little disappointed in only because of the character models It shows this huge arena Mm. of alternate beavises and buttheads as smart beavis and smart butthead are, like, walking down the aisle and, like, they're granted by, like, this British king and queen version of beavis and butthead, and they, like, grant smart beavis and butthead the first a group of Beavis and Budheads to finally score they're like uh beavis scored as butthead watched <laughs> and but they do a zoom out to like all the different alternates yeah and what the reason i was kind of disappointed with that scene is seeing so many different fan art versions of beavis and butthead throughout the years mm-hmm. it felt underwhelming really it felt like there was just there was a lot more interesting ones they could have done mm-hmm. and that they just kind of went middle of the road and kind of like NFT ish. If that makes sense, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Where it's like yeah. it's the same model, but like slight different variations. Yeah. Oh, that one has a blue hat. That one has a red hat. Yeah. And they they kind of did that with some of them, and it felt a little weak.
1: I imagine that was probably just the tail end of how they're going to end it, and they probably had one one written ending, and it was probably what well, their probably original ending was. Well, that's it. Yeah. And like, and that was going to be the fu- the final. And they part. were like, do do let's something. Just, let's add something. Yeah.
0: But all in all. I was I was fucking excited. That that made me really happy. It was a good movie, and oh, yeah. and the and the reason why I also really liked it was there are very few, at least in my opinion, at this point, there are very few genuine comedies that don't have an agenda. Mm-hmm. Because there there are some comedies, I like that, still kind of push a certain mindset that push a certain value system. Mm. There's very few that are just laughs for laughs. Yeah, and Beavis and Butthead along with well, I, well, I don't know. Even South Park kind of toes that line of trying to push a specific idea or value. Yeah, it's so it's giving a message. It is, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love you know how much I love South yeah, Park, but
1: that's that's their that's their shticked. That's it, their thing. They're not going to stop that
0: exactly. It's nice to have comedy for comedy's sake. Like a Three Stooges. Yes. Just silly humor. That's what Beavis and Boehead will always be. Smart, written, silly humor. Because mm-hmm. you can watch something like Paradise Petey or Brickleberry and just want to shoot yourself in the fucking head. No, or
1: it's, just, it's like layered.
0: Yes. that It was because it's also Mike Judge. Mm-hmm. He's a great writer. Yeah. So I feel like Mike Judge enjoyed the process of this. Mm-hmm.
1: It didn't feel like he was pulled into it. It was just like a, yeah, we want to do this. It kind of, after watching that, it kind of made me have a little bit of trepidation about what King of the Hill is going to end up being. Really? Yes. Um, I think when it first comes out, because you're going to be looking for some tropes that have always been there. What are they going to do with the characters? Are they going to be older? Are they going to be staying the same age? Is this a reboot? You know, so, fun fact, uh, it, any Mike Judge fan, I Highly
0: recommend looking up the podcast uh, How He Does Stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a new podcast from Howie Mandel, and he's, yeah, I saw it posted on YouTube. And he's got some great interviews. He's done Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, and like he he doesn't ask them t- the typical questions because he's got like a little history with them so it's a very casual conversation it's hey, really Gene, good hey Gene do you paint your dick <laughs> <laughs> but with that uh, he also did one with Mike Judge yeah and which Mike is kind of you know promoting the new series and the movie and he's and you know he even seemed happy to talk about it it, it wasn't just like a yeah yeah we're, we're doing it again it was like a yeah We're doing it again. And like, I think a new episode comes out tomorrow. Y'all need to watch it. It's pretty funny. You know, he's like actually enjoying it. But through that, Howie asked him about, is there going to be a King of the Hill reboot? And he kind of danced around it. He didn't answer anything specific. He said that there's nothing happening right now. Mm -hmm. He said there's nothing that's been written. He said, but he has a story in his mind, and it wouldn't take long to execute. because they talked about the animation process and how much easier it is to animate this stuff and how much quicker it goes. Seven days to air, baby. (laughs) So he's already just like, you know, I've got the story in mind. Mm -hmm. He goes, it would take no time at all to get it produced and released. He goes, but nothing's set in stone. He goes, but... If I were to do it, uh, I would definitely be interested at in seeing what Bobby was like as an adult. Yeah. So he's already said that if a King of the Hill reboot were to happen, time didn't stop. Yeah. It's going to be Bobby is a you know he late or probably a young adult, yeah. like kind of put him in that era of young adult, twenty
1: six. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like
0: the flashbacks
1: of Hank. Yeah. Almost. The only problem I have with that is the way they wrote King of the Hill, and Bobby is so well rounded. To be a master of none yeah. type situation, like he shouldn't have any problems, and it's going to be weird seeing him like a Hank Hill type character who's very really well versed in a lot of different things at once, and like what his core group of friends is going to look like. Well, see, I've, I feel like there's actually a lot
0: of good storytelling in there, mm-hmm. only because I don't know, maybe because I relate to a point, because mm-hmm. at least with my upbringing, mom. Very much instilled a lot of manners. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. You Mm -hmm. know, hold the door open for people. Be respectful. Be quiet. You know, all that kind of stuff. So I, when I was getting into the world, it took a little bit to get the street smarts aspect. Because I was Mm -hmm. still very, you know, and, and, you know, I was also homeschooled for a while. So it's like I had like very much instilled values. So Bobby has that to a point. Let's see what happens when a good, well-meaning kid now has
1: to deal with the cutthroat world that isn't always well-meaning. See, that's, that's where that's where I think me and you differ. I think Bobby would be perfectly fine because Bobby also has a, a, a stern sense of what reality is compared to what his dad was seeing. Yeah. So, like, he understood consequence just like his dad did, but on a different level. No, Dad, you don't understand. This is what the new norm is, so I think that makes Bobby a little bit more, more rounded when it comes to when he gets older. Ooh, or just like just like Con and Connie, and just like a whole different attitude with all that. I just stumbled on something that I
0: really hope they do, and that they don't do this. I'm just gonna li- not gonna like the series. Okay, check this out. Bobby was a kid. He was a teenager in the mid 90s. By the time 2022 rolls around, he's our age. Yeah, he'd be probably 30, 33. He would have a kid, and he would be having to deal with Gen Zers, a '90s kid, a millennial, yeah. having to deal with a younger audience. Like Hank had to deal with millennials.
1: Yeah, but it's it's different because there's the difference between millennials and Gen Z isn't much. All it is, I don't know, man. No, they get on my nerves. The tech, it, it's fine to get on your nerves, but between between the uh, Xers and millennials, there's a large technological gap that is brutal as fuck. You witnessed this when I was on the phone (laughs) watching you fuck with that cat. And I'm just like, no, we're going to press this button and we're going to press this button. (laughs) It's just like, that doesn't exist between the other two.
0: (laughs) I don't know though. I think it would be good because even though the technological difference is different, you've got mentality. I could see Bobby pulling a lot of like Guys, when I was a kid, we like went outside and skateboard.
1: We did this, yeah. that, and the other.
0: But he What's also, your problem? But he also
1: played video games. He did, but, but he did. That's, there's not, so what I'm saying is there's not much difference between millennials and Gen Zers yeah. as there is between boomers and Xers and Xers and millennials. But I feel like there's that a, trope's overdone. It would be yeah, interesting that, to that,
0: see the elder millennial dealing with the new Gen
1: Zers. I, I think it just makes them look stupid yeah uh, you're painting a whole fucking generation as idiots that don't understand their own children then you got the pandemic kids god damn those fucking things are gonna be monsters in 20 years let's not have worry about that yet pan babies oh my god <laughs> the pandemic babies <laughs> the pan babies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Well, this has been a great episode of the Couch Potatoes. We're definitely going to do another one of these, a deep dive into the new Beavis and Butthead season. I wish that Cap came out. could have joined us. I know, right? He's always so fucking busy. He's never around. Never he's around. not even listening in right now as we're finishing up this ending segment. hes I mean, You think we'll ever see him again? I don't think we're ever going <laughs> to see him again. <laughs> But we're going to dive back into this as we break down the season's episodes. But again, like with this episode, we got to make a lot of notes because it's the subtle humor and the quick one-liners that make it great. But for this episode,
1: I'm an Alex and Christy have any sort of final thoughts. So, Beavis and Butthead's mom run, like, a weird, like, farm, and they just leave them at the house as a secondary house that you actually never see them because they don't, like, they shoot them like dogs. We send them onto a farm to live happily ever after, and they just feed them nachos and leave.